When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Hi, this is Newt. Due to the virus, I'm recording from home, so you may notice a difference in audio quality. On this episode of Newt's World, we have as our guest somebody who has been just remarkably knowledgeable and has probably as good a grassroots news gathering organization as anybody in America. I'm referring to John Solomon, founder of JustTheNews.com which I recommend to you. I look at it every single day, justthenews.com. John, I wanted to have you on because frankly, there's so many different things going on and I find my head spinning trying to keep track of all of them. It's kind of like, you know, where do you start? But why don't we start with the reporting on the homepage of Just the News? just for today. How do you see things? Well, listen, the reporting we've done on the ground makes clear that we're still in the fog of war. We don't really know what unfolded last Wednesday. You know, we know there was violence. We know there was an officer killed. We know horrible things happened in the Capitol, but we don't know the full nature of what happened. And I've compared it to other big moments in the last two decades. We thought early on, we were told that Benghazi was a spontaneous attack from people who were upset by an anti-Muslim video. It turned out it was a planned terror attack. We were told after 9-11 that we were sucker punching. Nobody knew this was coming. And then we found out the FBI and CIA had most of the evidence of the plot and didn't connect the dots. I think this episode is going to follow that pattern, which is what we saw on television and what the early storyline is, is going to change as we begin to understand what happened. And in the last 
72 hours, we've learned a lot of new information. The FBI has confirmed to me that they had warnings as early as four days before the riot last Wednesday, that there was a planned attack and that one of the calls to action was to kill police officers and that there were instigators and planning and possible explosives. And they pass that on down the line to the Capitol Police. If this was a planned attack that happened four days earlier, then it could not have been a spontaneous mob incited by a speech or series of speeches. There was planning. And so that's one of the big questions that has to be answered was we all believed it was just an instantaneous moment of combustion. Now there looks to be some significant plotting and planning and that the FBI at least had hints of it, as did the New York Police Department Intelligence Unit. That's a very important question to decide culpability long term. The second part of that is that we know now from the police chief at the Capitol that he made multiple requests to the sergeant at arms of the House to bring in National Guard, just like President Trump did around the White House during the protests in the summer, and that the sergeant at arms told him in conversations, it's bad optics, I don't want to do it. Now, the sergeant at arms, you know this, you were the speaker. They work really closely with the speaker of the House and the leadership. No one has asked the question, did the sergeant at arms, who's now been fired, have any conversations with Nancy Pelosi. These are big questions that could change the narrative and the understanding of what happened. And yet we're moving towards impeachment. We're going to have a one-day drive-by impeachment. It's like a Kmart blue light special. And these questions are unanswered before we assign the blame totally to the president of the United States. I think that's irresponsible. And it's irresponsible of us in the journalism community not to do more quicker, faster, and sooner to find the answers to these questions. There's some rumors that there was actually inside help because both some of the police who let people in and the speed with which some of the people who broke in were able to find offices. Representative James Clyburn, who is the third ranking Democrat, first raised this question because he said that the protesters managed to locate and penetrate his office, which is unlisted and unmarked. Such a great point. Again, going to the idea that there was planning, that this was not a spontaneous attack that was driven by the president's speech, but something that was in the works for days and law enforcement had hints of it. This is a real sign of it. Congressman Clyburn, well-respected, been in the Congress for a long time. He said, listen, people got to my office within minutes and I'm unmarked and it's unlisted. Somebody had to have directed them to my office. There are some indications in the law enforcement officials I'm talking to that maps of the inside tunnels and cubbies of the Capitol were distributed and in the hands of people at the Capitol. That's not something that happens spontaneously. It suggests that there is an insider element and an element of planning. And I think that that's the part about this that we all need to pause for a moment and get the facts before we assign final blame here. We do not know how long the plot was underway, but you can see it. IEDs were built in advance, at least 11 of them, according to the FBI. Maps were handed out, according to my law enforcement officials. There were communications of people to move to the Capitol, go to this side or do that, suggesting there was a strategic command element to this attack. And there are some elements that appear from the early reporting we've done. There are people that are not Trump protesters that are participating in a pro-Trump rally. And we need to know who they are, what their motives are. One of them we've talked to, he's a guy that was charged in Utah last summer with being involved in a deadly riot, a BLM-like riot in Utah. And he's there filming right at the point where the Air Force woman gets shot by the police officer. What are the chances he's at that moment? What is his role? Why is he in the Capitol? He wasn't a credentialed press person. 
These questions have not been answered by law enforcement until we get those answers. The insider element of this is one of the big fact trails that we need to all follow. There may have been people that planned and assisted this for days or weeks before it happened. Given that, are you very worried about the inauguration also being unsafe? I think that the level of police enforcement that I'm seeing around the White House and the Capitol, I'm seven or eight blocks away from the White House, and we're in a perimeter that's completely locked down 10 days before. There is some intelligence that I hear from both my friends in the Secret Service and the FBI. There is some intelligence that individual groups, small groups of anarchists or violent extremists are planning to create mischief or violence in the next seven or eight days, not only here, but in several state capitals around the country. So yes, I think based on the reporting I've done with the law enforcement officials I've been talking to for years and have known for decades, there is a real concern that there's a high threat of violence over the next 10 days. It can be spontaneous. It can be planned. And the level of security you're seeing in the Capitol is unlike anything I've seen since 9-11. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Now, all of this has led to both hysteria, total condemnation on the left against President Trump, extraordinary steps taken by the oligarchs to use their companies to cut off the president from the American people. And now, of course, the Nancy Pelosi second impeachment effort. What is your take on 
the whole impeachment effort by Pelosi. I love to study history. I'm not nearly as studied in history as you are, but you can go back to the early founding days of this country and impeachment was viewed as a last resort, as a serious endeavor, one that should only be taken in the most extreme circumstances, not to resolve political differences or to assign instantaneous blame before there was an understanding of the fact basis for impeachment. We're going to have a drive-by impeachment today. If this stays on course the way it is, we're going to have a one-day impeachment with almost no witnesses, with no facts, and with these very important questions that I mentioned being unanswered. I don't think for a second a liberal or conservative founding father or even one generation ago, the great leaders we had in Congress at the time, folks like yourself and George Mitchell and Bob Dole, would ever have engaged in this level of a drive-by impeachment. Similarly, I don't think we would have had people literally trying to force a 25th Amendment process when the president is clearly physically fine and clearly lucid. He gave a speech yesterday. There's no evidence that he's incapacitated. The extreme mechanisms that were reserved as last resorts in our Constitution are now being thrown around like they're daily political rallies. And I think the jeopardy to our country's future, we may be changing politics forever, lowering the threshold of the things that made this country great. And I worry about it. And you take it further to see that cancel culture has now been fully enforced by these tech oligarchs that we gave monopolies to across the country, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. And when Germany's Angela Merkel can say she's worried about censorship in America when the German chancellor is worried about it, I think we ought to pause for a second and reflect at just how insanely hysterical we've become. The American Civil Liberties Union has expressed concern about Trump being cut off. The head of the Russian opposition has expressed concern. One of the best statements I saw was somebody who said, you know, Zuckerberg got zero votes for president. The head of Twitter got (laughs) zero votes for president. How can they responsibly cut off somebody who got 74 million votes? What's the moral basis of their use of power? It's going to lead to a huge backlash and, frankly, the rise of an alternative conservative social media system. I've invoked your name a lot in the last few weeks, Speaker, because I think 2021 is to the conservative movement what 1993 was to the conservative movement. Bill Clinton won in a different way than Republicans were used to seeing. And you rose up and you created a new strategy. It was strategic. It was extensive. It put pressure on those who tried to wrongly thwart the conservative movement. And it led to the revolution that, you know, and that's a terrible word to use now, but the Gingrich revolution was a real revolution because Republicans exercise powers in a strategic and smart way. And I think someone has to rise up. The next Newt Gingrich has to rise up in the conservative movement and say, this is not hard to fight this. You can go to the shareholders and fight the boardrooms. You can go back to the legislatures and reset the rules that were stolen in the last election. Someone has to step into this void. It can't be Donald Trump. It's got to be someone other than Donald Trump. Step into this void and lead the conservative movement back to an offensive posture. The Republicans have been in a defensive posture for four consecutive years. And I think the rebooting of 2021, if someone like you can rise up with vision and strategy, this is not a hard fight to get back on a level playing field. I agree with that. And I think, frankly, the opening day vote by the House Democrats with 217 members voting to eliminate mother, father, son, daughter, et cetera, 29 words that are gender specific. That's the kind of stuff I don't think you go back out to those average districts 
and say, this is how radical your member is in Washington, they could have a catastrophic next year. I know there are at least five House Republicans who've said they would support impeachment, even if it's a drive-by impeachment, as you point out. What do you think is motivating them? I think there's two things. I think there's always been a never-Trumper part of the party that is fervent and strong, but it stayed muted because the president's record of success was quite impressive. Even if you were a never-Trumper, you had to look at the record and say, those are pretty big conservative achievements. I'm conservative. I'm going to stay quiet. I don't like Donald Trump, but I'm going to stay quiet. I think this moment at the end of his presidency where he's a lame duck and a horrific event occurs has given them that chance to take their daggers back out and to stick it in the back of a man they just never really liked. A lot of the reaction to Donald Trump isn't because of policies or record of accomplishment, which is unusual. Usually you're upset at a president because he didn't get things done. This president got a lot done, but the way he's done it, his stylism, his bombastic nature has for country club Republicans or swing district Republicans has become a force galvanizing some never Trumpers. And it's been a long time where the Republican Party had a small but very vocal group of people that didn't embrace their president. 90% of Republicans embraced the president going into this election. He had an all-time rating among Republicans. But the small never Trumper wink has been visceral. It has been active. But his record of achievement blunted it for most of his tenure until he became a lame duck. And now all of these people who silently were casting damnation on them are now in the public doing so. They're saving their seats. They're trying to gauge their political electorate around them. But I think at the end of the day, they're going to find out the 70, 80 million people that have supported this president aren't walking away from him the way they have. And they're going to face very strong primaries. I think Utah, Wyoming is going to get a lot of visits from Trump supporters in 2022. If you're Mitt Romney or Liz Cheney or the others that are in this, Murkowski out in Alaska, you're going to find out just how strong the Trump movement is two years from now. I was a little surprised by Liz. What do you think are the implications of her as conference chairman taking a position which I suspect her conference is overwhelmingly opposed to? I think some of Liz Cheney's objections to Trump come from the Cheney family thinking, which is they were neocons. They were people who believed in a strong global policing nature of our military. And Donald Trump is the antithesis of that. He's been trying to get us out of the endless wars and reduce the American role as police officer for every incident in the world. So I think the Cheney family has an ideological divide with the Trump doctrine that drives some of it. Some of it is just personal dislike of the man. I think the Republican Party, after we get through these few days and we exhale for the first time, they're going to have to go back and look, do we have the right leaders in all of our positions, whether it's in the House, the Senate? Mitch McConnell's been there a very long time. He's an amazing parliamentarian. He got the president, all of his judges and the justices. But is he really connected with the time and these new Republicans that are coming into Congress? Does he even embrace the evolution of the Republican Party that inevitably happened with Donald Trump? I think there will be calls for leadership changes, whether that can really occur in a year or whether the real resolution is to primary and knock out some of these leaders to send a statement to future leaders. I don't know how that will work itself out. As you know, right after 1993, without you, a lot of Republicans were just hunkered down in a moment of mourning and grieving and shock. And I think the Republican Party, when Donald Trump leaves office on the 20th, 
He's going to have to go through a short period of mourning, and then they'll decide how are they going to pick themselves off the floor. And whether that means removing Liz Cheney now or just waiting for the primary challenge, I think that will depend on a lot on what Kevin McCarthy says. Kevin McCarthy has an enormous amount of respect among his rank and file. He's got great new candidates who got elected this year. He's a rising star in the party. Whatever, I think Kevin McCarthy will have a big say over what happens to Liz Cheney. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Just the News did a daily poll with Scott Rasmussen about U.S. voters who support a proposal to split the country into two countries. I was amazed by it. I was floored by it. We started hearing that the sentiment that Scott was telling us, listen, I think the sentiment is starting to spread across America. And I got to tell you, when I first heard it, I'm like, there's no way. That's like a 1% or a 2% movement. 25%, a quarter of America believes it's time to split into red and blue countries to divide this country in half. And I think that that is an extraordinary statement about just how far the American public has become exasperated with extremism and constant recrimination in Washington. Donald Trump was sent to shake up the status quo, to destroy the bureaucracies that were getting in the way of the American people's will. And he achieved a lot of that. But at the end of the day, those bureaucracies, those institutions have continue to thwart the will of the American people. And the idea that one in every four Americans think it may be time to succeed if you're in the South to become a red country or a blue country, 
is shocking to me. And it should be a warning to every leader, Democrat, Republican, independent, that it's time to cool some of the rhetoric, to cool some of the combat and to start thinking about the people that sent them to office and their fears, their concerns. It's a red alarm that Americans don't find the entire institution of the United States worth keeping anymore. That should be a sign to every leader in America that they got to step up to the plate, rise above all this nonsense they've been engaged in for four years and try to deliver some sanity back to the American people. What do you think needs to be done to heal the division? I think it will depend on President Biden. Will he rise above the far left of his party that is in a revolutionary mode right now? They want to make a 50, 100-year monolithic monoparty in America, monolithic single-party America. And Joe Biden, I think, traditionally has been a man in his career that reached across the aisle from time to time, recognized that you can have politics, but also you know you can be friends. He had many friends on the Republican aisle because he's a cordial guy traditionally. The real question, the single biggest person who can begin to change this dynamic is Joe Biden. Can he rise above the revolutionaries in the far left of his party and try to make an overture to the Republicans to put aside the Trump era and to get the people's business done? If he does that, I think there's a moment where everybody will cool the toxic nature of their feelings and their rhetoric and their actions. If he doesn't, if he's held hostage by the far left, which I think a lot of the people I'm talking to on the Democratic side believe he will be, this country is going to continue to boil. And I don't know what the next steps will be. And then on the Republican side, someone has to fill in the void that President Trump will leave. Trump is going to be an amazing actor on stage still, but he's not in a position of power on the 21st of January. And someone who is in a position of power has to rally the troops and start to get a strategy in place. Somebody has to go back to the legislatures and fix the broken election rules that the Democrats eviscerated with Republicans standing silent. Somebody has to go and vet these nominees that Biden has and some of the wrongdoing or controversies in the background that the American public doesn't know about. Mayorkas, the Homeland Security guy, was basically selling visas. Those sort of things have to get bought before the American people and vet it. And then someone has to make sure that the more radical ideas don't get through. Stacking the court, someone has to rally the troops and create a strategy of resistance to make sure that Republicans can continue to compete. I haven't seen that data rise up, but I suspect in the next 25 days or 30 days, we're going to see somebody jump into that void. I have the same feeling that you mentioned earlier, 93. You first have to go through a period of recognizing that you lost. And I think because of President Trump's aggressiveness, that people couldn't even begin that conversation until after the Electoral College met. So we're really in the earliest stages and probably about six weeks behind a normal cycle. And then I think, secondly, the aggressiveness of the left, the vendetta they're running, the viciousness of what they're doing also has stunned people. And I think that makes it a little harder to react. In your gut, do you think that Biden will intervene to try to calm Pelosi down? Or do you think that as long as she's focusing on attacking Republicans, he's fine? You know, you can see him already saying, listen, if you're going to do impeachment, can you please split your time? Because i got to get my agenda going. He already has some of the worries. 
Here's the interesting thing that I think may be going on that's the underbelly of the story that we haven't all been able to get to. This is coming from Democrats I'm talking to. They believe, and some of them are former Democrats looking in on their own institutions, their old institutions. They believe that Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer may have rallied this extraordinarily ferocious kind of almost insane, fast impeachment, because they know, given the slim margins they have in the House and Senate, they're not going to be delivering on a lot of the big, bold promises that the far left thought they were getting when they won this election. It's 50-50 in the Senate. One senator can tie up the entire Senate if he objects to something. It's less than 12 members separating the majority in the House. And some of those members are in swing districts, Trump districts, that aren't going to want to take extreme votes. The Democrats are not going to be able to get all that they want. And I think impeachment may be the grand diversion to get the liberal base frothing and excited. And man, Nancy Pelosi delivered for something on us right at the beginning before they get the bad news that a lot of those other radical ideas you have, we're probably not getting them through. I think there's two reasons they don't get through. One is the slim majorities. Two is Biden historically has been more moderate. He's a mid-Atlantic moderate. Sure, he's a liberal Democrat, but compared to the rest of his party, he's a far more moderate person. And many of the people he's put into positions are more institutionalist than they are radical Dems. And I think that Nancy Pelosi is trying to get her liberal left a win, something they can chew on for a while before they have to swallow the news that they're not going to get a lot of their far left agenda. Well, listen, we're going to continue to follow you on Just the News, and I'm confident that there's going to be enough different things happening that your hard work and your grassroots reporting is going to continue to be invaluable. I really appreciate you taking the time to share with our folks all the things you're learning and how you're analyzing them. Well, thank you, Newt. Thank you so much for what you've done for our country as well. There is so much happening in our country right now, and many of you have questions. As part of my Inner Circle Club, I hold regular video meetings where you can ask your questions. You can learn more about the Inner Circle and sign up at newtsinnercircle.com. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Debbie Myers. Our producer is Garnsey Sloan. And our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Sign up to receive three free columns from me every week. Go to Gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.